Hello everyone and welcome to Natural Geekery, a podcast about the multifaceted world of gaming, role-playing, and creativity, as well as its vast community. This is episode 6, I'm Brian, welcome aboard. So for this episode, I'm going to go pretty much right into the second part of my interview with Daniel McDevitt. Make sure you listen to part one in episode five. It'll give you a little bit of context about what we're talking about. But I think the cut is pretty, this this part stands on its own pretty well. We talk about role-playing games uh, and his, his experiences dungeon mastering. He's also the dungeon master for my home game, uh, the Tales of the Take game, which we talk about here quite a bit. So enjoy this interview and I will see you at the end of it for a few announcements and just general wrap up. So here you go. Enjoy the interview. With those games you were, you were running, how did you manage all of that? Was that, did you keep it on computer? Did you keep it on your head? Mostly it was handwritten notes um, because it was an, an adventure that was written down. Mm-hmm. The, the, those specifically ones, the 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 uh, the one that I was running and the one that I was playing. Um, we there, of course we use computer programs nowadays and, and right. that are available to you for uh, to keep characters together uh, for notes, etc. But and also a notebook of like you know for gathering of stuff and so forth mm-hmm. but whenever i was running the game i would also keep it like a pad of paper that i would make notes on they did this they did this and this happened or i would write in the actual book right. and or even post-it notes i mean a little chaotic frankly but we all knew where we were because it was one of those things where um at least that that group particularly was pretty good about uh keeping on task with the cool. story so okay so we've given a couple of teases but i'm gonna i'm gonna start us off here i'm gonna kick us off about our tales of the take game Oh boy, that um, that is our current joy, um, and it's it's your baby, it's your joy. So, to a point, to a point. I mean, I I, I always have to ca- I like to caveat that because it is based in well, well, yeah, yeah. sure, right. So this game, um, this sprung up from a game when you were running for when Green Ronin mm-hmm. published the Taldori campaign setting, sitting right over here on your desk. Yep. Um, when they published that, you kind of ran with the ball, and I'll let you talk about what you did with that, yeah. and then. Um, right now we are now, we've just started the third year of the campaign. I came in a little late, but, um, did you, well, I'm going to let you talk about how it got started and then I've got a couple more. Well, questions. when I first heard, um, I think it was the year before this came out. So three, three plus four years ago now, whenever, um, well, this is of course, for those of us not in the know and listening to this, there's this program on the internet called Critical Role. And Critical Role is a, a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors, as they would call themselves. Right, right. And they are professional voice actors who work in cartoons and video games and also produce cartoons and video games and other things. Um, and they play Dungeons & Dragons on an online stream every right. week. It's been Thursday for four years. Right. It's, I, I started watching in 2015. Um, so that uh, one year, they did a live show at the Gen Con, mm-hmm. um, and they announced that they were going to do this book. And I got excited about it, and I just found the show, and I was really – and this was really also driving my storytelling. I liked watching it. It was engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so having run games for uh, Green Ronin in the past using uh, – uh, Titan's Grave uh, using the AGE system that they have uh, wonderful, a wonderful game system that I developed my own story and I developed three three games and ran them at Gen Con but I went to of course play test them because I mean I have not done this for a while and I haven't written a homebrew in a long time and I want to make right. sure this was fun 
balanced and ran the four hours. Mm-hmm. So I did playtesting according with with your family. Yes, actually, that was quite Indeed. the thing. That was the thing. Um, and um, got you all together on a table, and then a couple and two other groups. Goblins on fire. Goblins on fire. Every time the theater burnt down. I think we're with all the playtesting and the replaying of that game, we are like six and zero. Oh. Six and zero, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's Theater right. never survives that encounter; it always burns down. Coming from that, after the, after Gen Con, there was the sentiment. Whenever we finished this, that I, I didn't know where I was going with this. Oh, I'll have to do it next time. And you, not yourself, but the other players, all said. A few players from the, both all the other two groups said, "Well, what's next?" Yeah. And I went, "Oh, oh, I guess I have a home game now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that literally that moment is like oh i have to keep going okay and that's and we started that right. and so for the first year um we um basically took it from there and the, the storyline is the storyline i'm not going to get into that that's a whole other conversation sure but um you yourself came into it pretty much a year ago i think or yeah it was just, just about a year right about now mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. So, right after Gen Con last year. I was, I was in for second season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here, second season. That happens in shows, right? You know, right. The first season is a pilot yeah. season. Um, and this isn't, just to be clear, this isn't, we don't do a podcast of this. We don't do any sort of video streaming of this. Right, this right. is all this is, just... This is a home game. Home game. But we can, if somebody wants to keep track and see what we're doing, it can be you. We have the Twitter, we Tales, have a of Twitter the Tales of the Take. We have a Twitter, Tales of the Take. And actually, it's literally that, at Tales of the Take. It's, you can look it up. Yeah, I'll put it yeah. on the show notes. And we try and post, like, weekly little silly and say, oh, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. And that has been a huge amount of fun. Matter of fact, I, I credit the Tales of the Take game for kind of sparking my own, re-sparking uh, my own uh, creativity and enjoyment of getting back into the And talking to table size and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Another thing to, to address just quickly is that there were guidelines or like requests. It's like, okay, this is the game. Here are the table rules, um, which include like things like respect for, for each other's players, yes, making yes. sure that they're agency with each other. We're going to get excited. We don't know all the rules. We're going to look up and that we don't have the pressure of uh, you, you have to know the rules or you don't know what you're doing. There's no gatekeeping at all. None of that crap. None of that And crap. we have a quite, well I, I personally think we have a decently diverse group of people. I, would I mean, agree. we have uh, people our age <clears throat> and uh, people <clears throat> who are not. <laughs> right. yes, yes. And, uh, and there are pictures to document that as well on our, on our site. Um, and I, I can't, there was something else I was going to go to, but I lost my tangent. So I'll go back. Okay. To I'll, I'll pick up with another tangent. And then if you find your tangent, we can go back to your tangent. Squirrel. Yes. Squirrel. Hashtag squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for an enjoyable game, and you just touched on that for an enjoyable game, what are the elements that you think are important for an enjoyable game sitting around the table with, with your years of experience, GMing, seeing all sorts of kind of groups of people coming together, maybe working, maybe not. What is there anything you could add to that what you've already said that does bring up me back to the point the tangent away was speaking to the fact that you just i i look at it as a sporting game if you have a softball league mm-hmm. and you agree to play every week in the softball league you have to show up because if you don't the team doesn't play right and so okay. whenever i started doing a home game i put this explanation out if you want to come play this home game Without knowing what it's about, but they all wanted to play a home game. I was like, I would like to do it on a certain schedule, and I would like to make sure that we have the expectation that, no, we're going to set a night, we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You don't do it higgly-piggly. You don't do it every once in a while. You commit. Yeah. And if you don't agree with that, love you, but... We've got to have we, a conversation. We, yeah, because that's my expectation. I'm going to be prepping this every week and getting ready for you, and everybody else is showing up. Right. So it literally is, and I think the team analogy really works. Is that it's like a, it's like a, a, a team sport. You have to have the team to play. Right. 
And that's not precluding life happening because I know we've had several right. situations yes. with our players where life has happened and we, we work around that. But right. there is always a concerted effort to work together. And I think that that's a really good point, Daniel, because I think that structure and understanding going into it, but that structure helps keep it helps form the team. It creates a bond of moving us forward. And, and yeah, we're all invested in this. We're all we're all. We're, all we're, building, we're building the narrative together, okay. and everybody plays off of it. And that's the other thing, so too. So stability, is, really, like a kind of right. stability. And, um, we, you know, I think every table uh, or anybody struggles with what level of role play are we doing or we're not. We're doing much more role play than we have in the past, and, yeah. and, and working on that. And I enjoy that. And um, I, as a, as a dungeon master or a game master, the one thing that I've learned, especially in this past year, especially the last couple of months, is when to shut up mm. and sit back. Um, I, I, I found go. myself that I want to interject and add tidbits and they're saying, oh, well, did this happen? This happened when you took notes. I was like, no, wait, I'm going to sit back. I think this just happened in our most recent game where I, I just sat back and says, literally like other Dungeon Masters online have said, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And then just let the table go. It's not like, it's not really a sandbox, but it's their choice. Which path do you take? And that's that's the idea. I'm not about railroading personally. I want people to, um, I mean, events are going to happen and you can react or not. They're going to have consequences. <laughs> so, that's, right. so that's all storytelling. Okay, yeah, so, so we're going to, so. Oh, was that a segue? We're going to segue back around. We're going <laughs> to sure. go all the way back around to, because you said events happen and, mm-hmm. and we're going to go with the flow. And we're going to bring it all the way back around to the volcano. So, yes. So, um we, I'll let you kind of tell the story. I want, I want to hear it from your angle okay. um, involving what happened in the volcano. This is in our Tales of the Take game. This happened yeah. as a wrap-up to our Season 2, our second year right. playing. Well, so. once again, the not getting too much into the plot because right. it is in the world and anybody from Critical Role would enjoy, I think, that kind of story. It's almost like I would want to write a comic about it or something like that. But basically, there was an incident where um, on an airship where they defeated a, a foe and recovered an item that they learned was known as the, uh, we, they could only translate it to the key to night or key of night. And it was this MacGuffin, basically this item that I said, I'm tired of this, the storyline, long part. I know what this does. I know where it needs to go. And they're going to discover it over time. And this went on for a year. They kept it. Before I even arrived. Before you were even in the game. And you came in about uh, um, about, about two thirds of the way in, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and, they, and they had it sitting there forever. They were off doing other things and doing stuff. And it was sitting safe in a uh, sealed vault. My, so yeah, my character didn't even know about, know about it. it. And then we went to this um, this long pr- promised journey to what's known as the Vissa Isle, mm-hmm. which is actually on the ta- uh, the Talbadori campaign setting. It's an island that has like a, a couple paragraph description, and we've elaborated on it uh, like you do, and like, like uh, and we've had fun with it. And so basically, this key was supposed to go to, into uh, was supposed to unlock something on the in this city or this ruin, and all of a sudden it flared up. And was causing a, a, a ruckus, shall we say? <laughs> yes. And um, <laughs> ruckus is a then uh, the the archaeological dwarf, who was not really part, was not a member of the Slayer's Take, was is that there, me? That was you. That might be me. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah you you um, you basically stepped up and says, "Well," and you didn't even say anything. And I'll let you take it from there because you okay. went up and did a thing. <laughs> yeah. So we had we had recovered uh, several games prior. We had recovered some. Uh, magical anti-magic grenades basically these little things that some villains tried to use on us and and my character being a tinkerer and lover of such stuff said hey I want one of these and I'm going to fix it so I can turn it on and off so basically I had that in my pouch when when the ruckus started I think that's a good term for it when the ruckus started with the key of night I ran up 
and uh, popped the anti-magic grenade to basically turn off this ancient artifact and then turned to uh, one of the other characters who is the captain of our airship and said, we need to go fly over the volcano. <clears throat> and uh, out of character, I said, because we need to Mount Doom this. Yes, we crossed we crossed the streams of genres a couple of times. There was a little bit of Indiana Jones <laughs> out of character, slash, out of character. Uh, uh, Mount Doom. This take this thing and drop it, and that is exactly what you did. Although we did. we did do the other infamous thing you're never supposed to do. Audience response: Yes, they split the party. They split the party. It yes, was, there was it another was... thing happening at the same time that was kind of connected or not. They don't know. This is, this is the story. <laughs> but two of the characters went off one direction, and the boat yeah. went another one. The 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 airship went another. And they literally fly. Now, I, um, the conversation I had with Gen Con, actually, this brings this up. I mentioned this and I said artifact. And I really didn't look at this key as an artifact. It was just an item. Mm-hmm. Uh, an artifact or something much more powerful as the um, uh, legendary artifact would not really be destroyed in lava, even with an anti-magic device on it. Right. Uh, it would be more resilient, even right. in its non-magical aura. Uh, but anyway, but this wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it got tossed. There was a boom. There was a and boom. There, and there, there was, there was lots of fun. There was shaking, and um, and I literally picked up the paper and ripped it in half. Which I've never seen a GM or a DM do ever I in my career. I've seen it in so the Critical Role cool. show. It was more of a joke, and so was mine because it was just a blank piece of paper, frankly. Oh. But it was the oh no. <laughs> Secrets. Secrets oh, no. revealed. Sorry. Well, no, but it, but it was a symbolic gesture because this literally had been a plot point mm-hmm. that they were going towards and discovering that was completely changed in an improvisational answer in one evening, which I thought was, was brilliant. That's the kind of moment you remember. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to remember that gaming night for a long time because it was, it was just a wild it was a, ride. It was a wild ride for everybody at the table. And but also, it was a matter of going with the flow mm-hmm, for yeah. you, mm-hmm. for me, for everybody around the table. We just started going. And it was um, it's one of those magical moments that will happen. Well, that brings up another games. point about gaming in general is that we didn't really talk about yet or maybe talked about other ones, but it was improvisational. Right. And that's the thing. You have to allow the, the rules are there for guidelines. To use the, 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 the Barbosa kind of thought. Right. It's like right. guidelines, not, you know. But right. that's yeah. a guideline. Yes. Um, but that was the thing. They have to be able to improv it. And that's the thing, too. You're talking about how do you document games? Well, luckily, we have a doc, uh, somebody who's chronicling our game in quick little, little side bits. That helps right. a lot. Yes, so it's it always does. good to have that. But also my notes, too, which I also write into the character backstories I keep on my own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you want to keep it. But that allows you to have the continuity of the storytelling. And I think that any good novel series or television series or even these days a movie series like the MCU is doing sure. is that they're having a long-term investment from a story that you told ten back here has a payoff back here. But of course, right. you, you and I have a very favorite series known as Babylon 5 right. that had that. Where right. this little thing that happened in this first season episode, kind of a throwaway, has a big payoff Further late, down the line. Like, like down the road. So, like that. so that and that kind of storytelling I am all about. Yeah. I would and agree. So, and I would that's agree. Very, very much and so. it's always magical when you can pull it off or when it just happens on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, segue for you Uh-oh. and uh, like a plug, our game also is set in this critical world, critical role, excuse me, um, universe. Right. And it just turns out that your backstory ties into a yes. known quantity. Yes. And you've already started this, which I'm excited to hear more of. The letters to Uncle Drake. The letters to my uncle. And those fans who may be listening to this going, oh, you're oh, so sweet. Like, Thank yeah, you. Is like, um, Drake Thunderbrand, who is an established character in the mythology of the Campaign One, um, is uh, is this dwarf's uncle. Yes, and it was very nice in of you game. to let me have that. I was like, "Can I do this? I'm just going to mention this." <laughs> and um, so the letters 
just moving forward on that, the Letters to the Uncle, that's going to be kind of a side project on this podcast. And it's letters from Kelsey to back to his Uncle Drake. And Kelsey's your character. Right. And Kelsey, Kelsey Raven Eye is my character. And that the, the letters are, are his perspective of this journey to the Visa Isle. So you'll get eventually down the road, you'll get the whole volcano story from his side of things. Um, thanks. Thanks for mentioning that. No, yeah, um, no problem. I had actually totally, I just spaced it. <laughs> I had um, it written down here. <laughs> oh, good for you. Um, perfect. Okay. So let's, so I want to wrap up with some things that might be helpful to folks that are just coming into this, this hobby or running a game. Um, so what are, what are elements that you think are important for an enjoyable game? We've kind of already talked about that though. Right. Um, let's move on to what advice would you give a new player who's thinking about DMing a game with his friends? Like, they, they, they've gotten the book, they've picked up the starter set, maybe they're gonna maybe they've played the intro adventure. They've gotten their feet wet, but like in planning a game as a game master with tons of experience under your belt, what's some advice you would offer them? The first thing is that um, there's a misnomer from people looking outside inside is that it's the dungeon master or game master versus the players and that's not the case. That should or you should not take that approach. You are playing the game with the players. You are creating the story with them. You're supplying the conflict or the mystery or the uh, the enemy or the nemesis, but you're not doing it just to take them to beat them to a pulp. You're doing it uh, so you shouldn't have the approach that it's me versus the players or dungeon master versus players. Uh, that's just kind of defeatist. Also, don't panic to, <laughs> to use to use the phrase, and also don't over prepare. I mean, people can prepare as much as they want. So people draw a graph paper and get all kinds of crazy maps and stuff like that, but which is fine. Uh, which is fine, and that's fantastic. And I, I still have like I, I dug out old, old the, for, for this you've conversation. Got, I actually found my one of my first dungeons I ever made in high school with felt tip marker on it's graph so paper. Pretty. It's but it's it's orange. With his permission, I may put it in the show notes. It's or it's orange and purple. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> um, but um, the um, what was I going to say? Uh, the um, don't yeah, panic. but yeah, it's I oh, I, I look I look at it more like you're creating. And this is going back to whenever I was a programmer. And we haven't talked about some of the narrative stuff that I do online. Um, I wrote in MUDs, uh, multi-user mm. dungeons, oh, right. multi-user yeah. domains. Um, and when I created that, and I even wrote a little bit of thesis on this about you're creating story nodes, almost like story bombs. Mm. Here's this one plot that is over here. Do they stumble into it? Do they not? Okay, if it didn't happen there, I'll bring it over here and rework it a little bit and put it over here. But it's not a linear railroad. It's there if they seek it out or if they encounter it. Um, not for all of them, but those is how I approach it. I don't approach a uh, like a railroad track in front of me that where everything goes. Yeah, forcing I, them. Yeah, forcing them a certain way. Leave, leave the agency of choice to the role play, and to so don't overstep their bounds. Work with them on their backstories, and that's the one thing I would say. If you're going to run a game, have your characters give you a backstory. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a book or even pages. Like a just couple a paragraph. paragraphs or yeah. just a paragraph. Yeah. This is my character's background, you know, and void the tropes. You know, maybe you had a happy childhood <laughs> and then and your village wasn't burnt to the ground by mm-hmm. orc raiders, but maybe they were. And you have your parents still. Yeah, and it's a happy life and you're just bored. Whatever, whatever works. That is going to be um, key. I think that having them give input gives them agency into the uh, or incentive to the story as well to help yeah. build it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are way over on time, so I'm just going to oh, no. stop, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. If we have to do another one of these later, I think we will. We can always return to it. We can return to it later, later do a part two. 
Um, where can people find you online? Well, mostly, um, strangely enough, I didn't do Twitter for years. Now that seems to be all I do. Yeah. Um, um, my username is, is easy to remember, but it's also not easy to spell. It's at Tamlin, but it's spelled T-A-M-L-A-E-Y-N because changeling. World of Darkness, uh, and this is another conversation we'll have to have next time. Yeah, we're have to get the live action role playing game that we were part of for four years back in two thousand four to two thousand nine. That was this epic, once again, long term story, life changing. Eighty people playing in a LARP that happened every month and had gatherings and so forth. Yeah, story time. But but that's where that name comes from, and the symbol that is that I use. It's a green symbol with a little yeah squiggly, uh, which is a graphic design uh, typography X. Exercise actually right. taking two typographies and and merging them together into a ligature and then flipping it. Oh, nice! That's all it is. That's it's an is. A and an R. That's all it is. Okay. In typeface. And you, and but you, it looks you created like that. You that's yours. Came came out of some typography exercises I did when I was teaching. Yes. Nice, nice. And so there's Tamlin and then uh, Tales of the Take. Tales of the Take uh, at Twitter at Tales of the Take. And no. then um, if you have, I think, I, if you have a website, I'll put it in the show notes. It's literally my you. name. But yeah. Okay. We'll, yeah. It, it's it, it needs a lot of work, but it does okay. have it does have portfolio background and storytelling I've done, including writings I've did for speculative. Uh, uh, this is what we'll have to talk about next time. I guess. Yeah, I, we'll talk about it next the time. Speculative writing I did for Star Trek and, right. this, and the uh, right. screenplays I've written and then the computer game that I wrote a narrative on. Right. So Which you worked on for a while. Yeah, a year abroad. Yes. yes. But anyway teaser for next time. Yeah, we'll we'll catch that on the on the on the next episode or uh, an episode further down the road. Uh, thank you. This has been good. I've, I've heard stories I'd never heard before, and I've known you for a long time. So. I, I don't tell that story about the Blue Willow very often. And That's really I, cool. I've forgotten about that, so i got to go take out that plate now. Yeah, yeah, so I can take a picture <laughs> of it. All right, thanks, everybody. And uh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you. It's been fun. And that's going to be a wrap on the interview with Daniel McDevitt. I want to thank Daniel again for being part of Natural Geekery and agreeing to come on and be interviewed. We will probably hear from him again in the near future. Uh, We have a lot more to talk about, and we enjoy discussing all the whole range of the role-playing game experience. So look for that in uh, upcoming episodes, to be sure. Uh, Any news on the podcast? The only thing I can really share is that hopefully the Amazon um, iTunes listing is coming very soon. The amount of rigmarole and hoop jumping that is required to get listed on Amazon podcasts is not to be underestimated. I think I put that out on a Twitter and wow, is it ever true. So that should be coming soon. Otherwise, we are moving along just fine. As always, if you are enjoying this podcast, feel free to share it out on social media, share it with friends help build the audience for the show. That would be great. But the bottom line is, thanks for listening. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate you being part of the audience for this little project of mine. If you are wanting to subscribe and you're having trouble with your podcast directories and how to do that, you can always go over to the podcast webpage, which I will have down in the show notes. You could click subscribe and you'll be sent a wonderful little email announcing when each episode is up and live to be listened to. And that's, uh, I think, going to be it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. More to come. If you have questions or comments about anything we talked about today, or if you want to be interviewed on the show, I would love to have you. You can email me at naturalgeekery at gmail.com, or you can find me at coyoteguy on Twitter. You can DM me there. I'm on there just about every day. So as always, make a plan, roll some dice, have some fun, be a good person, 
But more importantly, remember, you are needed out here. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye.